Austin's Big Four Podcast. New news about music and sports every week, sometimes. We're back. <laughs> Episode 105, Boston's Big Podcast. Long awaited. This one's been long awaited. We got Brandy motherfucking Blaze in the building. Finally. 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 Thank you for coming on. Finally. Thank you guys so much for having me. Of course. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Thank you for coming. We're very excited. Um, when I say finally, I mean... Overdue. We <laughs> we used to watch you perform at Maggie's Lounge in Quincy yep. back in, I want to say, like 2014, 2015, at least, yeah. at least. Maybe 2013, like back then, and always were blown away by your performances. Like yes. we, You stuck out to us because the energy you brought on stage and just... Your performances always stuck out to us, and I remember going home after those shows and always looking up your music, and it was hard to find stuff back then. Yep. And then all of a sudden, maybe three years ago, we started seeing your name everywhere. Articles are being <laughs> written about you, and then you released the album Late Bloomer in 2019, and it was like, you know, not to toot our own horns, but we saw this coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you <laughs> yeah. guys so well, much. It's like, and not to like keep saying this but so we went to those maggie shows for a friend of ours who used to be on this podcast and you know when you go to like a show for your friend you're really you're usually there for your friend and like yeah. there might be other people there and they could be good but you're focusing on your friend and you shown through all of the bias that we had had like or <laughs> that i had had and i remember thinking like star quality like mm. exact that's like the only way to say it. it was just like your performance the the music, the every part of it, like the aura changed, like compared yeah. to other performances that I, I had seen those nights. So, like Absolutely. Jack said, we totally I'm saw blushing. it coming. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we brought a couple of our friends, uh, Sam and Pat, who are not huge hip hop fans, and we brought them there once. And I remember I asked them after the show, I was like, What'd you think? They were like, It was all right. They were like, But who's Brandy Blaze? They were like, yeah. She was really good. <laughs> I was like, Yes. I was like, I know. We see, she's here all the time. So, yeah. You were you were our favorite part of going to those shows. Oh honestly. my god! Thank yeah. you guys. Also, rest in peace to Maggie's. Yes, rest in peace to I, Maggie's. I think the sign's still there. I drove by like not too long ago, so I was like, "Oh, is it still?" And then I saw like boards on. And I'm I like, know. Oh, yeah, it's close. It's like it's so sad. It was such a great time. Definitely end of an era. Like yeah. what an amazing time that was. Yeah, and it also I think goes to show that like. Pop and venues don't have to be like giant rooms. Like Maggie's was just like a mm. small place that had good shows like every you would get them and you were right there in front like, of the artist unfortunately it was like the only place around the south shore that had hip-hop music yeah i don't know would, what the deal was yeah um so we're hopefully, trying to change that hopefully another i don't know who's gonna buy that place but hopefully there's another venue there but those were the days those... i know what like i just really got my start there maggie's will always have a special place in my heart yeah Always. And isn't it like you can't bring drinks to the patio after nine or something like that? You get in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Uh, I remember that. I got yelled at a couple times. I remember that. I did too. Yeah. (laughs) Well, because like it would be okay and then like it suddenly wouldn't be okay. So it was like, and you're just getting yelled at all night. But hey, it was still a good time. They didn't really tell you when it wasn't okay anymore. They just yelled at you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, shout out to Maggie's and shout out to. Just everyone who put those shows on, those were a lot of fun um, back in the day. So, absolutely. When you look back at those, what do you what do you think? Like, what what was your thought process at that time, and did you imagine that your music would 
gain traction like it did in the coming years? Um, when I first started going to Maggie's, obviously, shout out to Hush Harding. Yes. Big um, I love him forever and just really eternally grateful for all the things that he did to really help jumpstart my career. Um, I was at a point where I had just decided to start doing this seriously in about like 2013. Mm. So, yeah, 2013, 2014 is when I was like, OK, you know. Maybe this is something that I should really seriously pursue. So I was just very, very hungry. I would go to any and all rap shows, like especially if they said that they were going to have a cypher or even if they didn't, I would go just to like kind of meet people and see like, you know, who's hot on the scene, who's popping, who's throwing the shows. Because that was really important, like getting connected with those type of people. So I saw a flyer for one of Hush shows um, on Facebook just randomly and I said, okay, well, I'm going to go because it said there was going to be a cypher on it. So I said, okay, cool. Yeah. And I went, um, didn't know anybody, went by myself, um, which is what I always did. I would always go to these shows most, like, 99% of the time by myself. I love that. And they passed me the mic, and I just... Went off? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Hush was definitely like, who is that? He was right. like, do you want a slot on the next show? I said, yeah. And um, it just kind of started from there. And then I was there every month you know, became a part of No Muzzle. I was part of No Muzzle for a bit. Yeah. So, you know, just eternally grateful for that venue and for Hush um, because I really just did not know what to do mm, beyond yeah. just trying to get heard by anyone. Um, I'm from Dorchester, but I couldn't book any shows. I couldn't do any shows in mm. Boston at all. Mm. I really didn't start getting shows in Boston until I started getting traction on the North Shore and the South Shore. Okay. So really it was like Hush and like Rec Shop okay. that really pushed me and really got me into the places that I needed to be and introduced me to the people that I needed to meet. Yeah, and I, it's like Hush is, he is the DIY king. Like, he, he is, does, he does he everything. Does. He really yeah. does. And we were just saying this before we started recording is like the, the like I was always under the impression that artists sort of did their art and then other people did everything else the business the marketing and stuff and I, we've talked about this and then i remember seeing our buddy uh, eastman had started also working with hush and i i could see hush he's talking about the marketing this is how you get your posts up this is how you make beats like i actually went to hush's house to learn how to make beats before and i thought it's it's just like the more you'd think he's focusing on like one thing and i'm sure there's plenty there got to be other people but i just remember commending his particular ability to do that and his willingness to help other people so shout out hush i just wanted to say absolutely. that absolutely yeah. like when i met hush um my logo that i have now is still the logo that hush created for me awesome. with the lipstick print and all of that that was hush um when i met hush i didn't have an album out didn't have any music out i had like nothing i was um I did have an engineer that I worked with. Shout out to Fresh from DE. I had met him before I met um, Hush. So I did, you know, I was recording, but I really didn't know anything. And Hush definitely taught me a lot and really put me into the position where I could be right now, where I feel like I'm, I can do all these things, um, you know, besides just creating the art, like, you know, the promo, the marketing, coming up with the different types of social media posts and videos that I make. Um, all of that really does come from Hush. So, you know, salute to him. And like I said, I, I love him forever. And I'm always going to be eternally grateful to him for everything he did for my career. Absolutely. Big shots, Hush. Yes. Big shots, no muzzle. Uh, and I also, I do think oh, people do need to focus a little more on like the doing all those things now. Like, and I think 
some of the downfall of people who are talented but don't get traction is that they aren't like maybe they're assuming someone's going to elevate them at some yeah. point so we need mentors like that so it's important mm-hmm. and like i'm sure you're passing the knowledge that you've gotten down to anyone you've met in the industry now it's just it's big absolutely and i'm actually blessed now that i do have a team that i work with so um shout out to amanda shay um dj y big Sham, shout out amanda shay i'm um, todd from platforms music like that is really um jd um is my manager so that is my team right now and um i think really the things that i learned from hush put me in a position where i could have a team mm. because i am like a control freak so i really like held on to everything until it was like this is unmanageable i need help but i knew kind of like what i needed from everybody and i think those are really the lessons i learned from hush and just you know trial and error trying things on my own so that now when i do have a team i can be real specific like this is what i need this Hmm. is what i need you to work on this is what i'm gonna work on like i'm still very heavily involved i I can never give up complete control because i'm insane and I'm a Virgo, so yeah. I'm a perfectionist. Like, <laughs> I can never give up complete control, but really just, like, those lessons of, you know, everything I went through with my first album and being with No Muzzle and being with Hush, like, really just kind of led me to where I'm at now. Okay. That's so, awesome. um, you hadn't performed live until 2013, 2014? Um, well, I've been performing since I was a toddler. Okay. I was going to say, there's no way... <laughs> There's no way you had that kind of stage presence right off the bat. No, um, I, my mom signed me up for dance classes when I was three. Okay, so you're so, used to, to performing. I'm used to the stage, um, was pretty much raised on it. Um, I danced for a long time. Um, my mom put me in acting classes. Like My mom really put me on this trajectory, like... And I'm also that's another thing like I'm grateful for. Everyone loves Mama Blaze, so shout out to Mama Blaze. Shout but, out Mama um, Blaze. A lot of these things. Um, I'm an only child, raised by a single mom. We didn't have a lot of money, but one thing my mom did was she spoiled me with experiences instead mm. of things. So it's just like, hey, do you want to try this thing? Okay, cool. Like, you want to um, do martial arts? Cool. You want to be a cheerleader? Cool. You want to dance? Cool. Um, you want to play soccer? cool you want to go to acting classes mm. bet like and she would find a way to make those things happen for me and because of that i really fell in love with performing at a really young age and i was just really comfortable with it like there's still vhs tapes of me at like three years old like oh, at the that's recitals be in the documentary someday yes yeah, right <laughs> that's awesome so do you still like choreograph are, are, is dancing still a part of like um because you your music videos are super uh, like the one you did uh with Re- oh sorry now i'm speaking now i'm realizing the conversation we ha- you did a video with red shades yes i remember thinking the choreography was was great and now i'm i'm, rem- I'm remembering i think red shades also partially directed that uh, and were you involved in like the choreography of any of your so, video work i guess when i did the tia tamara video with red shades um shout out to also again jay hunt i love to just give people their flowers oh please mm. shout out we love um, jay hunt so i love jay hunt um really everything that me and red did was on the spot like we're just like in the was it the Quincy Reservoirs? Yeah, the quarries. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. So we're just there with like the smoke bombs, and like we can hear people from the top like yelling down to us. They're like, "What? They're like that wreck is fire. What are y'all doing?" Like <laughs> people just coming up to us. It was really just me and Red um, playing off each other's energy, really. Yeah. And just everything was just really organic and natural and on the spot, 
um, she's one of my favorite people to collaborate with. Like, we just play off each other so well. And it's the friendliest competition mm. because she usually washes me when it comes to bars. Like, she washes me. I don't even care. Like, I love her you that much. You I do my own. best, but Red usually washes me. Red is fire. Red is fire. <laughs> but it's, it's like she makes me want to be better. And I love her dearly as a friend. And like I said, it's the friendliest competition. So yeah. when we do records together, it's very much, I'm like, you know, I stick my chest out. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I would come with the hardest bars I got because yeah. I know I can't slack with her. Right. Well, oh, of course. I, I will say, and the, the, my introduction to Red Shades was your performance at uh, the House of Blues for the Boston Music Awards. Oh, wow. And I said, I remember saying, and this is, not taking away from your performance at all. But I remember saying, whoever that was with the red glasses yeah. was yes. amazing. So and Jack's remember, like, that's red shades. Yeah, so I got there late, and Owen was like, I missed your performance, unfortunately. I was pissed. And Owen was like, Owen was like, yeah, she brought out someone with these red shades on. I was like, that's red shades. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, it was a sick performance. Like, yeah. is, is the branding not on point with her? Like, <laughs> It was, like, Absolutely. so perfect. And I was like, that couldn't have been more perfect the way it was. Right. Yeah. I think her and Oompa as well, just like Oompa too, yeah. that moment at the Boston Music Awards, like being able to bring out both of them with me, it was meant so much to me because it's just like, yo, this is just the time of like women in rap. Like yeah. we're coming back. Like it yeah. reminds me very much of like the 90s and how there was so many different female rappers and they all did different things. But I don't know if you guys remember, I think it's the... um was it Vibe magazine that had like the iconic cover with like the four female rappers and they had the crowns. Like no, I always think sure. of that um, in that time of rap. And I'm like, we're getting back to that. So okay. me having that time and being able to bring out two other female rappers that I respect and that I love to work with that make me better was just like a huge, huge moment in my career. I'll never forget. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that must've been like, what did it feel to be up there on the, on stage, I get the it House was of Blues. That's terrifying. I <laughs> yeah. was so scared, but then I think when I was about to go on, I actually missed my cue. No one noticed this, so I actually missed the first bar of the first song, but I caught it, oh, and wow. I was like, "Okay, yeah, I was supposed to. I was meant to do that. Yeah. That wasn't right. an accident, right? <laughs> no, it was because I was backstage freaking out, <laughs> freaking out so bad that like I couldn't hear exactly what was going on. So I came out and I just like caught it, and I was just like, "Okay, here we are," and it was it's still like the biggest crowd I've ever done. Um, and just, it was just so intimidating, but I also feel like it was still one of the best performances I've ever done is I was just like all, yeah. running off adrenaline. Mm. Like it's too late. Cause I was, I was told myself, I'm like, I do have stage fright, which yeah, a lot yeah. of people don't know that. Um, I get very panicky before I get on stage. I get very, very anxious. But my thing is always, if you just push yourself out there, mm. You're already out here, mm. so you have to do something. You got to do something. You can't do nothing. <laughs> you can't at just that stand point. here, right? <laughs> right. And look insane. So I, that's really what I did, and I had to really like push myself. Like, okay, girl, oh, yeah. it's time. Let's go. And having Sham with me as well um, really just made it better because I always know I could look over to my right, or I usually like on my left. They put her on the right. It's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I know I could look over, and she's right there. Mm. And I can't mess up because I have her. Right. So even if something happens, I stumble, I forget something. She's right there, and she knows my songs just as mm. well as I do, so I can't mess Quick up. Quick record skip, then you catch your place. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> that is actually, like, that's... 
a huge part of it. I I've, I think I've talked about this before. I saw one time a Busta Rhymes show. It was actually at the House of Blues, and he had moments where like. I don't know if he ran out of breath or whatever, but he'd like throw the mic and his DJ just like does something like winds it back and then he like just picked the verse back up and it was like became part of the show. And uh, it's so important to be in tune like that, like mm. with your DJ or your hype man. He had uh, uh, several people with him on stage, but it all became part of it. And I'm sure. And it's like, obviously, there's never a plan to have that like you missed your cue or like have something be right. slightly off. But in the case that it is, you got your DJ, the person who's going to catch it for you, or like someone else with you, and they can fill in the bar. Like it's having that type of performance. It's not just you either, you know. So it's that's yeah. awesome. You, you got your team, like you were saying. She's incredible. Um, just when I met her, I knew that I wanted her to be my DJ because I had just been kind of like I had tried. I had two DJs before I met Sham. And, you know, they just ended up not working out, you know, for different reasons, not anything like personal, like anything like bad. It's just, you know, sometimes things don't work out. So Sham is my third DJ. Um, But when I met her, I knew I was like, it's going to be her. And when I asked her, I did not think that she would say yes because she didn't know me that well by Mm. that point. Um, But she did say yes. And we just started going from there. Um, But she's funny. Like there's this banter that we have and i feel like sometimes people think that we're actually arguing on stage (laughs) but i'm like no it's part of the show we love each other dearly yeah but sometimes she'll say things like she'll have like these ad libs like i know that she's messing with me (laughs) like like she's trying to make me laugh (laughs) that's awesome i love that so like especially when we do um slip she has like these wild like ad-libs that have nothing to do with the song like at all and i think like, the first time she did it that's like was like genius honestly. Yeah. yo honestly like the first time she did it we were doing a virtual show and i just kind of went like almost like broke i was like forgot like what i was saying so i was like what is i was like what did you say wait like what's an example what did she say like okay so the hook is like almost made me slip so she'll say stuff like in a ditch, oh, yeah. <laughs> or like she'll be like, I think she said like on a chicken wing or something like that, and oh, I was yeah, like, yeah. why would you do this to me? <laughs> That's awesome. That shout, awesome. Out yeah, shout out DJ Wyshan. Shout out DJ Wyshan. We gotta get her on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, she she sounds funny. Um, does she, doesn't she? She produces as well, right? Is she, she is like DJ Khaled. Like yeah, honestly, yeah. Oh, she man. um she put out her first album. Um, last year, um, it was incredible. Um, she just has a real gift for putting people together mm. that are going to sound good, that maybe you wouldn't think would be on a record together, um, and making, picking out the music and like everything. Like she just has like a real gift for that, and the collaborations that she comes up with, like I said, are people that I personally would never put together or think that they would even know each other to do a record together like she has that gift Hmm. of like putting things together and just organizing everything together i could never organize an album with the amount of people that she had on finally or when she did finally live the show in september like that amount of people on one show i would have went insane Hmm. so i'm like she really has a gift because you know artists we can be 
we could be interesting to work with. Tough. Work. <laughs> yeah. We're all really particular and really serious about our art. So that's a lot of different personalities right. and different ways that people like to do things. That's a lot to manage. Yeah. That's like that's like being yeah. a coach of a team. Basically. Right. It's like, just like all these people with different talents and different ways that they like right. to do things. And I think especially with solo artists, it's like we tend not to play well with yeah. other people because as a solo artist, you don't have to. Right. Like everything is you and this is exactly what I want. So she has like a real great way of like managing all of that so that people, you know, work well together. The show was incredible. She did an amazing job and went off without a hitch. Um, and like I said, I, I never could have as an artist myself. Absolutely not. So I'm like, she's just amazing. <laughs> that is awesome. Kind of, the way you're describing that sort of makes me think and I, I love analogies. I, I'm always thinking of like, so you're saying like there's like these solo artists that you wouldn't think would blend together sort of makes me think of uh, like a painter or an artist with all these different mediums, like maybe like oil, watercolor, like all these different things, but figuring out a way to make that into a beautiful painting. Yes. And you wouldn't know that that would all look <clears throat> look great together, you know, great in the analogy. first place. Great yes, analogy. that's a perfect like, analogy. That's her talent. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's like that you need people like that. And it's talent can go farther when it's combined with other talent like that and it's huge absolutely yeah. and i don't think that there's really anyone out here that has brought together as many artists in the scene as sham has which i think is I a, just another that. incredible thing like i don't know anyone else that's done that um and especially bring together that many female artists mm. It's, it's a huge thing for the culture. I think, you know, that's another reason me and Sham really mesh well because we have, like, really similar ideals and visions, especially for women in the industry and how hard it can be to be a woman. So, yeah, you yeah. know, it's incredible to have, like, this project that's all women. Yeah. And we all do different things, but we all came together and... I mean, who's really doing that, putting out an album with all female MCs? Right. Yeah. I know that they said... um Haley Berry has like the soundtrack for a movie that's coming out that's all female rappers, but okay. I just want to put on the record that DJ Washam did it first. So she copied, <laughs> copied DJ Washam. DJ Washam did it first, period. <laughs> but um, just like putting that many people together, but then also making an album that's cohesive right. is mm -hmm. even harder because we don't all do the same things. Even if we're all rappers, we have different styles. Right. We have different takes. So then, you know, this person does this type of rap, I do this, you know, then we have this singer, and then, you know, there's a poet and then you know all these people together like she just mixed all of it like right. beautifully that big shout cool. out so obviously the boston hip-hop scene new england hip-hop scene in general has has been gradually you know starting to bubble the last few years and as you've mentioned leading it almost seems like leading the charge is the, the female rappers you've I, got yourself, I think so <laughs> yeah, I, th I, I think so too which for for the female rap scene to be leading a city you know you got yourself you got cake swag you've got um you know oompa you've got dutch rebel you've got we could go on yeah we really could sit here for we, like we could 20 sit here minutes. for a long time i'm not gonna name all of <laughs> them because i'm gonna end up forgetting somebody but um what what is it about this group of female rappers you all seem to work together yeah um what is it that's allowed you to kind of make it to the forefront of the city i think it's the collaboration but i think also on top of that people have always said that boston's weakness is that we don't have a uniform sound mm. like when you hear yeah. new york you I've know it's that. new york i've heard that many times you before. hear the west coast you know it's the west coast you hear atlanta you know it's atlanta mm. i always thought that that was boston's strong point 
And I think that that's finally starting to come to fruition. Like, we don't have a uniform sound, but we have literally everything. Mm, Every type of different type of rap that you could think of, there's someone that does it, and not only just does it, does it, like, on an elite level. Right. Like, a crazy level. Right. That's like, this person is undeniable. And I think when it comes to us as women, we don't sound alike. None mm-hmm. of us do. Like I said, we, we can sit here for 20 minutes, name all the f- incredible female rappers out right. here that are doing the same things, and not one of us will sound alike. You're right. No, e- each one of you, when you come on, you know it's that person. Like, right. You, you know their that, voice. You know you exactly beat, who it is. You know like, oh, that's Oompa. What song is this? Right. Like, oh, that's Brandy Blaze. I haven't heard this one before. But you know exactly the voice. You know it. Exactly. And I think like that's our strong suit. Right. Um, but also, I think just building community. Like you said, we all really know each other. We work together. We do shows together. Um, we build with each other. We hang out as friends. Um, That's what I love. You music, guys seem to all have like a genuine friendship. Which yes, is great. and I think just the love is there. And I think when you have that type of love, you want each other to win. Mm-hmm. So it's no jealousy. It's just like my sister got this a crazy opportunity. That's amazing for her. But not only is it amazing for her, she's gonna open that door up for someone else to come through behind us. She's not going to just, like, I got this opportunity, slam the door, screw y'all. Like, it's very much a, I'm in this position now, so guess what? I'm going to tell you about these other women that I know, these other people that I know that are doing things, and we really just kind of go up the ladder together. I think that's really the difference. Um, It's very different from even when I started, you know, 13, 14. Um, I didn't really see anything like that with Mm. women. And then once we started to meet each other and get to know each other and start to, you know, people were booking us together. That's what it was. That's you know? like when when you started to see you and Oompa and Red Shades and, you know, all, all of you together, that's when it really, I feel like, took off. Yeah, I think it made a huge like, difference. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're like, oh, this is just a whole team of dope female rappers. Like, they're... How are you going to stop this whole team? You know what I mean? When it's one, it's like, okay, this might <laughs> yeah. be a flash in the pan, but you're like, oh, no, they're coming with a whole squad. It's like, yes, then, all of us, all yeah. of us. Yeah, and I, I also feel like from the outside looking in, when you see a talented, tight-knit team of friends that's making things happen, you want to be a part of that. So, like, at any way, like, you're going to go to that show. You maybe will, right. like... If you were thinking about making music, maybe you started making music, and like all these ideas of like all of wow. a sudden you're like, wow, there's something happening here. Like, yeah, it's want, just it's a sense of community. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you want to be in on it, and that's something that is we've said this a million times is like Boston always had like had communities, but we're like bringing them in in a way that I feel like the hip hop community hasn't seen before is like coming together that way and building each other up. So absolutely, I definitely saw that when I was starting like. I would go over here and be like, this is the boom pap crowd. Yeah. Then mm. I go over here like, this is the trap crowd. Right. And then this is like the artsy crowd. And then I would just kind of... Who was the coolest crowd? Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> I, there is definitely Here we go. Now coolest. we're getting controversial. Well, right? I it's like, y'all want me to say something spicy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say is definitely... I would say my top two favorite crowds is the Boom Pop crowd and the RC crowd. Okay. Okay. Which I know, yeah. based on the type of music I do, wouldn't seem like that, but they're lit. Okay? Mm. First off, the Boom Pop crowd out here is... They're no joke. Yeah. Like, oh, I've seen them boo people. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you paid to get in here and, like, we'll boo you. Like... 
Yeah. I was like, wow, they're brutal. Like the boom bap crowd is ruthless. Yeah. No, we, we've seen listen, it. if yeah. you cannot yeah. rap, they do not play. No. Like they will like literally like, get this bullshit out of yeah. here. Really, like they will do like a mass. Like everyone will be in front of the stage, and if someone trash comes on, you'll just see a mass exodus yeah. of like people outside smoking cigarettes. Yeah. And you're like, where did everyone go? They're like, I don't want to listen to that. Like, Tell me when the next person comes see, on. I don't, I don't like that. Like yeah. I don't know. I, I think you. It gotta... makes me sad because I'll be like, okay, well. I'm going to stay here and yeah, support. Yeah. But I love the honesty of it, yeah. which is just like, we are, there. they could be, it could be a little pretentious sometimes because it's like, you know, the purest type of thing. Yeah. I don't really like it's that. It's like, if it doesn't sound like it's from the 90s, I don't want to hear right. it. Right. Yeah. Like, okay. But I do respect, like, the the love for the bars. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's what it that is. That should never die. I, I agree. And they are just like, when it comes to bars, like, they don't care. Like, and I think when I started getting to, become embraced by them because that's really who the type of cross I started with was like them but yeah. I do the type of music that I do and they still completely I mean, embraced kinda, me. Your music kind of fits in with both of those crowds. Yeah, but I was like, I also knew kind of what songs I should do with them. Right. And, yeah, yeah. and I'd be like, you know, then I would try to slide in other ones. I'd be like, okay, come on. We could do something else, too. <laughs> we could smart. get a little lit, too, you know. But they really embraced me because I think it was just like, she could rap. We enjoy that. Like, mm. okay, cool. Like, and so I always love the boom pack crowd out here. Like, I, they're brutal though. So I'm glad that I was. They were cool with me. I'm like, I'm cool with y'all. Y'all cool with me. Great. The boom bap crowd the, is the, very <laughs> judgmental. The artsy crowd though is super lit. Like, they just like just the creativeness. Like, they're yeah. just those types of. They don't just think of records. Mm. They think of the entire vision of it. Like, what does this look like? Um, not just musically, but like visually, what yeah. does this look like? like and I think Kanye I learned, type shit. yes, yeah. mm. and I learned a lot from them. Um, you know, especially being on my third album now, all three of my albums are concept albums. And I think mm. that's really something that I learned from that crowd of it's not just here's a collection of songs, here you go. It's always more of what's the story yeah. of this album. If you listen to all these songs in order, what do you get out of that? Right. What does it look like? What does it make you feel like? why is this like important that you listen to it this way i think that's really something that mm. i picked up from that crowd as well yeah that totally makes sense and like from a marketing perspective it gives it like value in two places like when you put out an album of random songs you're hoping that someone just likes one of the songs and for no particular reason maybe all of them but if it's something that co goes together coherently to tell a story I mean, that's sort of like what Marvel did with all their movies and stuff, but it's like you tied all these things together to tell a story, and there's a reason to watch all of it. Maybe your favorite song is the third one, but, like, you have to hear them all to, right. to even hear the story. So that gives it, I mean, just from, like, it gives it value from, like, more than one perspective, I guess. Is, yeah, is and really I think it's kind of more of, like, the replay value of it as yeah. well. Like, I love when people have favorite songs. They're like, this yeah. is... Because people make it very known to me, so I know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's songs that I cannot do shows and not perform. Right. Because then people are going to... Because people came to see that song. Right, and people yeah. are going to make mad at me, try to cuss me out after the show, mm. I'm not having that. So I know what songs I have to do. But mm. I think kind of just the... It's not just one song for me, though. Like, usually some I'll pick a single, um, but to me there really isn't a single. Mm. It's the body of work. I always consider myself like an album artist okay. as opposed to like a singles artist. That's why I never really dropped a lot of Lucy's like that. I'll yeah. do it every now and then, but you'll yeah. never really get like a lot of those from me because that's not really what it's about for me. It's about the body of work and the story that I want to tell. So I want you to get it all in full. 
So that kind of goes, I don't want to say against, but it's it's not, uh, you know, nowadays it's a very single-driven market. Yeah, that's like, definitely me being an old head, but I don't care. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, I respect <laughs> that. You got to do what you do. Yeah, you got to do what you do. Drop but, um, albums as often as others are dropping singles. That's, right. I'm, I'm trying to step my game up. Like, I think this is the closest I've ever dropped albums. So it's two years from Late Bloomer that I'm dropping wow. Broken Rainbows. So this this is the fastest it's ever okay. been. I usually work on albums for like two to three years. And you've dropped one single from the album, right? That's actually not on the album. It's not on the album. No. No way. Okay. <laughs> I figured it was. My bad. It is not. All right. So that's a Lucy. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think nice. that it sets you up for the album. Okay. So it's like I a little think, teaser. Yeah. I think like the... Things that are expressed on that song um, very much coincide with what you're going to hear on the album. And so, honestly, on the album, it would make sense. I might throw it on there as a bonus. I haven't really decided yet. But um, it's not, like, really a part of the story and the narrative of the album. Interesting. So can we expect any singles before the album, or is it just all No, it's just all everything all, right. all at once, December 17th. I like that. Yeah. That's that's different nowadays. You don't get that. Yeah, and I've never um, done it like this. Okay. So um totally not freaking out. But I think that um <laughs> when the album comes, the album is going to be coming out in two parts. So there's the actual album itself, but then there's another part to the album that's a secret. So I think when you get to part two of the album, it will make sense why there were no singles. Is it a video? Interesting. Is it a is it a movie? Is it? A, <laughs> gonna try to guess I know. This yes. is, what he does. is it a short movie? <laughs> and you, ah, there's gonna be something. You play the album alongside the movie, like, Stop. like uh, it's going to be something like that, but not exactly that. Oh damn! I don't okay, think you'll okay. guess what it is, but it is a visual component that's gonna come out. That's the part two. That's coming out when? In January. January? Okay. What is it called? What is part two called? (laughs) It's still called Broken Rainbows. Oh, okay. Just part two. Gotcha. So part one is the album. Part two is the next part that'll come out in January. And then, like I said, I feel like when people get the whole experience of Broken Rainbows all together, then, like I said, it'll make sense why I chose not to release any singles because I really, especially with this album, really strongly feel like um, this is a complete body of work it's a complete art project for me so it's like i couldn't really i thought about dropping a single but then it was just like it didn't make sense to me so that's why i put out they calling me blaze so that you know there is something (laughs) i have to drop something right (laughs) but also i was like it just was something that i wrote that meant a lot to me and i was like that's gonna lead you up to here so i would say think of like calling me blaze as like the prequel Okay. All right. Great All video, right. too. <laughs> Thank we're, you. Uh, we're so jealous. Aside that... from the fact that we weren't in the intro. I know. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Listen, if if I had everybody that I wanted to, that would have been the movie. Yeah. Would just be like all my favorite radio hosts, podcast hosts, because I feel like people don't give you guys y'all's flowers and the love that you guys deserve, because there's no music scene without people like you guys. Here, that's like, you know, giving us, letting us on y'all's platform that you built, um, promoting us. It's it's a huge 
deal and it's a big thing for us to have these platforms that we can go to in our home state you know with people that know us and support us and understand what we're trying to do mm -hmm. so i just want to make sure like you know you guys get your flowers because it, it's, it's so we well deserved that. and like i said it's it's the whole community of you guys that do this out of the love really absolutely shout out to all the other podcasts out Big there too there's out, a lot yeah. of dope ones right now have you guys just, ever done like any collaborations? We no. haven't with we should. We should we tap be in. a guest on someone's podcast so yeah. bad. And I, I just love, really uh, quickly want to say if anyone out there wants to give us flowers, please, please like, <laughs> like like and subscribe to our YouTube channel and like Boston's Big Four, Boston's Big Four Music and Boston's Big Podcast at on Instagram and whatnot. Yes. Do your thing. Those are the best. I flowers. would love to see you guys with like It's Lit Boston. I love It's Lit. I love um, um Charlie Machine's yeah, I love podcast. Charlie Machine. Yes. Like, like I think like those would be like some Charlie dope Machine, for y'all. CWTFB is like top of the line right now for me. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's who I looked to them for a lot of inspiration, honestly. Oh my god, they're amazing. They like are. and just like everyone out here, like I'm so glad that that's a category at the Boston Music Awards now. Uh, yes, is that podcast radio host because like I said, it's so important. And I think we've been able to get up on the national scene and have, you know, get coverage from like um NPR and like right. the Grammys and stuff like starts, that because of you guys. With the local, right. With the local because you yeah. guys put in the work to build up your audiences. People respect y'all and hear what you want to hear, you know, want to hear what you guys have to say. But then you share those platforms with us and promote us. And like honestly, I always think of podcasters and of radio hosts like it's we're all in the same music scene. I never think of music scene as just like us as artists. It's mm. the podcast, it's the radio hosts, it's the journalists that support yeah. us as well. It's it's all of us that are really pushing the scene. And right. that's why I always felt like if one of us wins, we all win. That's it. Absolutely. That's the mentality we're trying to have and then we're trying to push on people like it doesn't have to be a competition. You know? No, not at all. Because it's like you guys, everyone does totally different things. Right, exactly. Yeah. We've had a few people say, they're like, oh, yeah, everyone's part of the journey. Like, when I make it, you're coming up, too. And I'm holding them to it. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure that everyone knows that if you get famous... We want to. No. We want to pass. We want to. Whatever it is. Listen, y'all have known me the longest, so you could definitely put me on that list of people. There we go. Holding there we you go. to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're honestly we're super grateful, like for all the artists, yourself included, that have taken the time to come here and, and talk to us because we are. It's just been. It's been fun. First we, off, it started yeah. off just because we love to talk about music. Like that's all it was. Yeah. yeah. We weren't expect. We weren't like, oh, we got to get all these big artists on. We were like, let's just shoot the shit. We'll, but we we'll didn't just have talk guests about, at first. Exactly. Yeah. We didn't have guests at first. We were like, let's just talk about what's going on in the scene because we like it. We enjoy the music. We enjoy what's going on. I think it was, I think C4 was the first guest we got where I was like, all right, like this kid's really doing things right now. I'm like, if we can get him on, like, let's let's just keep going. And then it, we just took off from That's there. super we insulting like... to the guests that we had on before <laughs> C4. <But laughs> C4 is a big deal. That's all. Yeah, he is. That I is, love yeah. C4. Is. <laughs> I mean, no, but C4... It was the first time we got a guest. Like most of the he guests, he has like buzz. In, most like, of the guests yeah. we had got before him were through connections we had. Yeah, yeah. Were through people that we knew, like oh, a friend of a friend or whatever. And they're all super dope and talented. But C Four was someone we got. We didn't really like have any connections with him. We just mm -hmm. reached out to him, and he was like, "Yeah, he's like, I fuck with, with what you guys are doing," and that was, I don't know. We've we've been on a run since then, yeah. but um, yours has been long overdue. We've been talking about I this know. for a long time. <laughs> I don't know how it's been like so long. Like, yeah, we're also admittedly probably not the best at 
at booking as fast as we should because we have, <laughs> we've had other people. We're still say, learning. We're yeah. Still oh, learning. yeah. It's all a learning process. And the, it, we've had other people come on. They're like, yeah, we, I was waiting for this call. I was wondering <laughs> when this was going to happen. Yeah. But yeah. It is but I'm always surprised when people say that. I'm like, really? You were wait- I was like, we were waiting for you. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm glad I saw you guys at the Smoke Bulger event. Yes. Exactly. Oh, yes. That was fun. It was perfect timing. It was. It was. Yeah, yeah we're trying to orchestrate a Smoke Bulger podcast. That would be fun. We're working on it. Yeah. We're I, I'm going to, you know, put good wishes and good intentions yeah, good in the air. Into the he air. seems like such a nice person. He does. Yeah, no, we, we talked to him great. at that event. Yeah, and he was super I talked nice. to him as well. He followed me on Instagram. I said, oh, now I have made it. Yeah. Like, yeah. y'all can yeah. tell me nothing. No, he's super humble, Because I actually. remember when he had the video on BET Uncut. That was mm. a long time ago. He had a video on BET Uncut. You would wait up till like, 3 in the morning when they showed all the uncut nasty videos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, like, yes, yes. <laughs> but I remember seeing him on there, and he had the video, and the video was shot on the Zakem Bridge. And I was like, Fire. He just, he's just That's always put dope. on for Boston. That's yeah. what I loved. My favorite thing he said at that event we went to was, like, someone asked the best advice and the worst advice he's ever gotten. And he said the worst advice he ever got was to act like he's from somewhere else. Right. He's like, don't, he's like, drop the whole Boston thing or whatever. He was like, I will never do that. And now he's signed to Rick Ross. But what's and he even never the point? I don't understand where people are coming from. Like, and even because if Boston their logic is like, Boston's not hot, hop onto a place that is hot, and then you're just like, bandwagoning and like just make yeah. this area hot why, like, no, why this is, is a big where deal? I'm from like I can't just right and I yeah. feel like a lot of I think people know that like Bostonians are weirdly territorial mm-hmm. like overly territorial so I can't really see a Bostonian pretending to be from somewhere else no, absolutely not because we will be like you can't even say you're from Boston if you're not from Boston like yeah. for real I even yeah. hear people say this between like, Cambridge and Boston like which I totally blur that line and no no Cambridge is not Boston specific. Cambridge it is. is not Boston. It is. Millie's, no, it's not. Millie's no. is not from Boston, and he will he's, tell you that. Right. It's like I, he'll tell you yeah. he's very proudly totally from Cambridge, right. which I support him saying that. Speed. It's the yeah. same thing with Joyner Lucas. Joyner Lucas is like, I'm very proudly from Worcester. Worcester. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm not from Boston. So I think, like, we respect that. And, you know, like I said, Bostonians are so very weirdly territorial about mm. shit like that because we will they really are. be I like. See the post. Yes, if I, I ask you where you're from, Boston, like, yeah. and you're like, Hang I'm on. from Franklin. You're <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. what? <laughs> I always see posts like that. It's like if you're from Quincy, you're not from Boston. It's if like, you have your own town, city hall, if the, that is your town. If the police, <laughs> car, if the police cars in your town don't say Boston Police on this side, yeah. then you're, you're not, not from, from Boston. Boston. <laughs> That's true. It's like That's if you true. need something and you don't go to Boston City Hall, you do not live in Boston. Right. <laughs> That's valid. Very interesting. That's valid. Yeah. Okay. That's why I always say I'm from the South Shore. I never claim to be from Boston. Yeah. Boston area. But But I'd be like, you know, Massachusetts all day. You know? Yeah. I I love being from Boston. I love being from Massachusetts. Like, um, that's why I, it's I a really unique respect place. that. Yeah. It's a unique place. It's a wonderful, awful beautiful place yeah like there's no place like it in the entire universe and you know like smoke i would never pretend to be from somewhere i'm not yes you know i lived um down south for a year with my accent people would ask me if i was from new york all the time because they're just like i'll be like no i'm from boston then they're just like oh there's black people in boston and you're like Wow! I'm oh, literally man. talking to you. What I'm are you talking about? <laughs> what did I just say? No, it's it's true though, because people, unfortunately, because of like the movies and stuff, I feel like yeah, everybody thinks it's just like Southie white dude, white like dudes Charles from Southie. Yeah, yeah. That's, well, yeah. I do. I remember somebody pointed this out to me. It was like an old uh, 
like boss of mine on like a landscaping job. He said it's like super interesting how Massachusetts, as diverse as it is, like when you look at the numbers, is so segregated in that you can drive mm-hmm. ten minutes and there's like an all white community, mm. and then drive ten more minutes, there's all Asians, yep. and then ten more minutes, it's like somebody else, you know. And there's like, and of course, there's also we're scattered everywhere. Like every, it is what it is, but. Boston has historically been that way, like and and um, like that that has been part yeah. of just like all the communities. Not you know but you the, get caught the in black your part things, of Boston yeah. has not been publicized as much, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. As, for sure. Like in yeah. movies and what? Like there's movies about black people in Boston, like Blue Hill Ave. Yeah, and I think there's like one or two other ones that came out in the '90s. I'm not gonna say the names because then I get them confused with other mm, movies. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure. Um, Carrie Washington was in a movie that was about black people in Boston. Okay. I think she was like a shoplifter or something. This was, I don't know. I <laughs> may have made that up. I don't think I did, but <laughs> Google, like Google. there's been yeah. movies about black people in Boston, but I think that they've always been like more underground movies. Right. Then you got the, you know, like the hood the movies and, and then, like... yeah, but then you have like the big ones. Right. And then if all you know about Boston is, you know, like the town and the departed, you think Boston is South Boston and Charlestown. And then right, there's right. literally, like this is nothing what, uh, else. This is what Dart Adams talks about all the time. Like he's yeah. That's his big thing is like trying to shed light on Black Boston because it it gets overlooked so much. Like in history, it just doesn't get talked about at yeah, all. Yeah, which I'm like to me is insane. I'm a third generation Bostonian. Yeah. No, it's wild. It's wild that people don't even know that we have like big black communities in Boston. Mm-hmm. And Latino communities, and, Asian yeah. communities, like literally everywhere, like have some of the biggest Caribbean populations, like behind like New York. Yeah. Um just like insane like how diverse boston is and i think like that's another good thing about um hip-hop becoming like boston transition from being like known as like a rock town or like r&b and pop town you know with like new edition and new kids on a block to now like transition into being um, a hip-hop town because it's like what brings more people together than hip-hop right everybody listens to rap doesn't matter what your race is you know where you're from Everybody listens to rap. I mean, there's like those weird people that be like, it's trash, it's noise. I'd be like, okay. I'd be like, you just haven't found any rap that you like. It's funny. But there's rap, there's gonna be a rap that you enjoy. You just haven't found it yet. That totally was me in my younger years. Like, I was a rock and roll guy, and I was like, I don't know, I like instruments. And then I started like really listening to it, Mm -hmm. and I was like, I enjoy this for many different reasons. And there are instruments, you know, you just don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, because I think if you listen to Top 40, you think that all rap sounds like that. Yeah. So if you turn on to, you know, Top 40, a pop station, and you hear, like, only these six, seven rap songs mm-hmm. that are, like, the biggest rap songs in the country, you think that all rap, rap has sounds more, like that. has more subgenres than any other genre. Oh, it's crazy. It's like, like how many so subgenres? Many styles of rap. <laughs> it's like, if you don't like this one, I guarantee I'll find... There's gonna be something that you something like. I'll find something that you like, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Like, even if you like fiddles, there's gonna be, like, a country western rapper somewhere. Be, so we, we had uh, Zakia on last night, who's a... Hip hop, right? Yeah, she does opera and rap. Like she mixes yeah, it together. Yeah, like, like that was, that was so cool. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Like I'm actually working on um, a play right now. Um, myself and um, Tayshawn Taylor. Shout out, shout out Tayshawn Taylor. Um, we're the um, leads in the play, so we've been writing that. It's all rap music, um, but the play is set in um, the 1700s. Okay. Wow. But it's just like modern music and modern um, 
themes. Yeah. Um, but kind of like so in like that Hamilton, setting. Team. Hamilton kind of inspired. I, I think it's going to be better. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. That is interesting. So it's like modern concepts and modern music, but like old style. Yes. Mm. That is so interesting. I, I, It's like when you see something from a different lens, but it's the same story. And like when you realize it's the same story, like it's one of those kind of, I, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but that's like, uh, did you remember, Jack, we were in high school, We somebody came in and they did a Macbeth. Mm. But they were soldiers, like like in fatigues, like as I if like from that. the war. Yeah. So they had like guns instead of swords, and it was like the same play, but they were doing it as yep. modern soldiers. And I I remember like, just it was the same, you know, same story. And I was like, wow, I'm totally seeing this differently. And that had to have been the purpose. And mm. and it's just like it that I, that's so cool. It's so yeah, cool it's yeah. it's very much like that's really the premise of using like setting it so long ago but then using like modern music and modern language because it's just like as much as things change so many things still stay the same mm-hmm. totally. so many of the issues that we've had like in this country since the inception of it are still, still issues yeah. that we have today that still affect us today it's just different but it's the same fucking problem mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. so i think that's really what makes it so special and um so i'm really excited about that um also you know just trying to diversify and do different things. Definitely. Wait, so I'm sorry. Is it this is like a play type situation? Yes. And you, so it's a musical. Written. So we're writing it now. Um, shout out to um Todd from Platforms Music. Um he received a um the lab grant from the Boston Foundation to help fund this. Okay. So we are in the writing process right now. Um just writing all the music and Are you doing auditions and stuff? Not yet, but we will be. Okay. Yeah, I, <laughs> So I'm trying to get some acting credits in. So <laughs> Owen. I, Owen does it all. I want to do it. Yeah, I'll do. I'll, I want acting credits, guys. <laughs> if I need credits to get this, I guys, I need credits now. <laughs> get me something. I'll do whatever you're. It's like I gotta is. get something on my resume now, yeah. right? <laughs> Owen is a jack of all trades. He'll try everything. I'll try it. Yeah, he'll, yeah, try he'll try it. everything. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that'd you know, be so fun. You should definitely hit up. Um, was it Don Hazel? He shoots the movies in Boston. He does like oh. all the hood movies. Okay, I definitely. There you go. I yeah. See, we there's had, a connect uh, right there. Oh, there the scene, go. knowing everybody. Because yeah. <laughs> we had Connor Hallway on, who did the Golden Deer movie at Apple Cinema. Yeah, yeah. And he had a bunch of Boston music, and um, I actually he's working on his next project. Connor, if you're watching, I would love to get a credit on your movie. <laughs> that'd be the coolest thing ever. Not a credit. I'm using the wrong term. I mean, like a you know a role or whatever. Yeah. But you get credits once you've had the role. Right. That's what I'm saying. There you go. But yeah, it would. Uh, that'd be fun. It'd be just be fun to be in stuff. I don't. I don't expect to be the star. Throw me in the background. <laughs> I, I'll yeah. read the newspaper in the diner. That's like, all. I like to do. Dan yeah. Hall when he had that. that yeah. He yeah. did the drum roll in that movie. Super fun. It's like you know when you were a kid and you were in the play, but they're like you can be a tree. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you're like, oh, this is awesome. And it's hey, so don't easy. get me wrong. If I get a line or two, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. But I'm just not trying to overstep, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's exciting, though. So I'm sorry. I sort of was like hearing that as as music at first, but you're writing really like a whole play now. This is yep. like part of the storytelling. So this obviously comes into play with how you've been telling your albums. You're really bigger on telling telling stories. So how 
what has that writing process been like? And all the songs are originals? Yeah, everything is original. Okay. Um, we've been working from producers that are from here. So everything is very much Massachusetts. Everyone, you Love know, it. people that are in the play, um, people that are producing the music is very much been, you know, everyone's based here, which I think is a beautiful thing mm. as well. Um, it's been very, it's been a lot of fun. Cause I love Tayshawn. He's just fun. Um, yeah. We always have a good time. But it, it's been really challenging as well to think about. Um, I think when I write music, the story is much more abstract. Mm. So it's not very much a like. Now I'm like trying to write conversations like as bars. Right. To like progress the story along so people know like what's happening. Like, oh, we're doing this now and this is what's happening and this is a conversation I'm having with this person or that person. And I think that's so been it's like the most like making a storytelling song. Yes. And I've never really have done that. Yeah. Um, I just like I said, been like much more of an abstract, not so much a storyteller rapper. So this is mm. like my first time really doing that. It's been super challenging. Um, just to be like, you want it to sound good. Right. And I think I'm someone that's very much like punchline, 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 punchline. Yeah. So you can't really do that. And there has to be like <laughs> some dialogue, I imagine. Yeah. Right. So, Storytelling so, rap is a whole different. Is it like salute to the people? Yes, it's all music. Oh, yeah. so it is sort of like the. Yes, the so style. that's why I'm like salute to people that do storytelling rap because yeah. I'm like, how? Yeah. Like, so it's like, like, like C4, me. C4, who I mentioned before, he remember he told us about that song Petals and like the whole story behind it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like that. Yeah, that so. That stuff is impressive. That it's, always impresses it's me. It's hard. It, I feel like. I'm almost like learning how to rap again right? because this is just like something that's different, but I'm really excited about it. And I think, you know, working on broken rainbows as well has really kind of set me up to where I could do this because I did broken rainbows really different from like late bloomer and things like that. So I think that kind of put me in a position where I could do this, but yeah, it, it definitely feels like almost like learning how to rap all over. So how it's is broken rainbows different from late bloomer? So broken rainbows. So pause. <laughs> Late bloomer. The whole album was based off this voicemail I got from this guy. Late bloomer was. Yeah. The, the whole, whole album. album was off of one voicemail. Yeah. Really? Is that voicemail sampled anywhere on the album? I was going to. Right. <laughs> Is it illegal? Probably. <laughs> so, <laughs> Without the consent. Yeah, it might be. I was. We were going to just use the voicemail as an interlude. Yeah. But then you know. Thank God for Amanda Shea, honestly. So we and her were talking about it, and she was just like, I don't think that's a good idea because, you know, you get $2, and he hears about it. It's going to be a problem. Because the voicemail was him. He was cussing me out. He was really mad at me because this is a guy I kind of, kind of casually dated, like nothing serious, but he had heard one of my songs, assumed it was about him, and was pissed. <laughs> pissed. Sensitive. Sensitive. Right, but the crazy part is that the song wasn't about him. <laughs> That's oh, I wrote the song You're before so I met vain. him. So yeah, literally, like wow. you probably think the song's about you. It's like, <laughs> yeah. but I wrote the song before I met him, so the song had nothing to do with him. And the voicemail is him just cussing me out for as long as you know voicemails run for. Um, oh and it was God. funny. Like I, oh, it I thought it was hard. Don't they go for like five? Yeah, minutes? I was gonna say. So yeah, no. <laughs> so it, it, I don't know how it, that message was at least four minutes. Yo. Oh my! Of him just taking me to task. He cussed me up and down and around. So I said, okay. So you this thought guy, that song was about you? <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> and I was like, okay. We'll see. 
can't mess with you no more because you're insane. Yeah, like, bitch, um, so I said, you. oh, <laughs> you thought this one song was about you? Guess what I'm about to do. I love that. I love so that. when we were talking about using the voicemail itself, because like I said, the whole concept was based on that voicemail. Amanda was like, I don't think that we should do that, you know, because it blows That's up. Smart. He yeah. sues you like and then you're going to have to pay this man and then you're really going to be mad. Mm-hmm. So I was like, OK, so then we got Mr. PSA to do the interludes mm. and we shot like the short film that went before the album that I had like dropped kind of like in pieces. So it was literally just based on that voicemail of him. Like I heard the song and now I am mad. Wow. Like, and it really kind of brought myself through what I would have said to him in response. Okay. And probably how I would have handled it. So we started with that, you know, acting out that voicemail, but then it, progressed into this is how i would have handled it this is what the things that i would have said that i think that he needed to hear about me and about my music and my journey and you know because i didn't have those conversations with him because i was like you're insane i'm blocking you right no no right. Sense <laughs> to talking to someone like that yeah. right but you know you ever get that feeling where it's just like someone does you so dirty and you're mm-hmm. just like it's just sitting on your chest and you're like, yeah. you deserve to get cussed out mm. and told about <laughs> yourself and hear all my emotions. But I just didn't want to give him that satisfaction. So I just created the whole album based on that. So that was Late Bloomer. Um, Broken Rainbows is really different for me because it's about a fictional person. Okay. So the songs are still like my experiences and things that I've been through, but it's kind of like transposed onto the story of this woman. So um, not to give too much away, but okay. the story of broken rainbows is about um a woman that's in a long-term relationship where you think that everything is very good because to you you're like you don't know any better you think that this is the best thing in the world but on the outside this is a person that's very hurtful and demeaning and abusive Mm. so to you you think this is normal you think that this is great because you're just like i'm in love but it's like that's they're not the person they're very destructive. So it's just kind of like, what do you go through to free yourself from that situation? Mm. So these are experiences that I've had, but Broken Rainbows isn't really based on my life the way that Late Bloomer was. It's just like these experiences and these things that I've been through, I kind of transposed it into the story of this woman. Okay. Interesting. And it is kind of nice to have that uh, barrier of, the fictional character where it, they can be true stories, but it at least for the viewer, like things can be left up to interpretation. It like leaves how much some of leeway this... for you to kind of yeah, that's you know. and I think kind of when you get to the end of it, um, it's very much kind of like very cathartic. Like maybe this is what I wish I could have done mm. to end the situations that I was in, but you know. Maybe I didn't want to go to, but it's like, maybe I didn't want to go to prison or, you know, maybe (laughs) I just did not have that inner strength at that time. So it's very much like this woman goes through hell and back, but discovers herself and is able to free herself from that. And what does that look like? Mm. That's awesome. That's powerful. So broken rainbow. That makes me sad. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, there are some parts of it that are really, really sad. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, I started to lean into that on Late Bloomer where I started to be more personal. I always mm-hmm. look at Late Bloomer as really me and mm. everything. You know, I'm not like a fictional rapper. Like, I rap about driving a Nissan and 
you know, right. I drive a Honda now, but you know, I'm, I've never Shout been that person Hondas. to be like, yeah. right? I've never I been that, that person to be like, you know, I got a rain, you know, a Mercedes yeah. Benz. I know, no. And you, so <laughs> you rent it for a day for your video, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Which like nothing wrong with that. No. I'm with it, but like, you know, when when the actual bars come, I, I just never been that type. It's very, very real for me. But I always felt like Spinster, my first album, was very surface level. Um, so I, Spinster. I, that was your first album that yes. came out what year 2016 2016 and that was just on soundcloud it was on soundcloud for the first six months and then it was on streaming okay and that was very this album i still love that album um but it was very surface level it wasn't really anything that was too deep mm. um to me personally um and i think i was still just kind of discovering my voice and what i can and like literally and like metaphorically so like literally like still figuring out the tone of my voice and the different things I could do with it. Mm -hmm. But then also just like the metaphorical sense of like finding myself as a rapper. So I think that that's like a really good time capsule of me trying to figure that out. But I think by the time I got to late bloomer, I was ready to be more open and more honest about the things that I've been through. And, um, you know, when I did like fraud on late bloomer, I didn't want to put it out. Cause I thought it was too much, and I was like, I feel like this is too personal. And I played it for a couple people, and they were like, "You have to put, you have to keep that one on the album." Yeah. And I did, and I'm glad that I did, because mm. I have gotten a lot of messages from people um, reaching out to me about that record in particular. So I think with this one, it's like I still feel like comfortable being that open because these songs are all me. Mm -hmm. They're all based on things that I have been through at different points in my life, but it. It also still kind of gives me that barrier of like, this isn't a hundred percent, you know, linear narrative of my life. This isn't mm. like a spe one specific relationship or one specific instance. This is like really just like picking different parts of my life and putting them together like in this fictional story. Interesting. I like that. Fun. What is like? What is your favorite part of the creation process? Because it sounds like it's not just the writing anymore. You know, like you're your core like choreographing now for the music videos and the this musical uh like just what is your favorite part of the creation um i think my favorite part now it didn't used to be is picking beats picking really? beats yeah it never used to be it used to be the absolute bane of my existence i hated it hmm. um just because i feel like when i started out you know i'm a female rapper so i feel like people when I would meet producers and talk to them, they would have this image of like a female rapper in their head okay. and they would send me records that they thought a female rapper would want to be on. Mm -hmm. And I would just be like, no, like, uh, I don't really want anything like flowery or like, I don't know. Like, yeah. So what, what were the that. beats like that they were sending you? It was very... Because I'm trying to think, like, what what is a female rapper beat? I don't even it, really it, know. They, I'm guessing they were, like, bubbly kind of songs. Yeah, it was, yeah. like, yeah. very, like, bubbly, like, like very, rap. right, yeah. yeah, which I love pop rap to listen to. Yeah. I love pop rap. But I don't think I really necessarily do that. I do have some records that can go in that direction, but mm. that's not really that's what not I like style. to do, right? Yeah. So it was very, like I said, like, flowery and bubbly and upbeat. And mm. and it, it wasn't records that I thought, like, yo, I could put my hardest bars on. Here. Right, yeah. and it's going to sound correct. So, I think now that when people approach me wanting to produce for me, they already know me. Yeah, which is like you know, not to sound cocky, but like, a eh, it is what it is, right? <laughs> <laughs> so now when people send me beats, 
I think it's because they now know who I am, and yeah. or they at least went and listened to they at least listened to Late Bloomer, right? Before they want reached out to me and like, hey, I want to send you beats. As so they should, yeah. Which I'm like, you know, you have to. I feel like you have to know the person right. that you're Why sending, are you sending beats someone for? a beat to yeah. if you don't even know their sound. And I'm so right. glad that you mentioned this before. Like you said, the the writing is not surface level like some of the things in the past. Like you were saying, you wrote it authentically about yourself which bleeds into the other aspects of it where you don't just want a hard beat you want a beat that that's yours you know yeah. a beat that fits what you're actually saying and it's important that other people who have heard what you're trying to get across and now the work that you've been putting out they understand that so the next work I'm looking forward to it because now you got now you're going to find that synchronization with with even beyond like what you've already done and it's all, it will for sure come even, there's going to be so much more. That's all I have to say. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Um, Yeah, I'm just, I'm really happy, like, of where I am, like, especially creative-wise, like, getting, being able to work with producers that really get me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not just sending out, like, a blind, like, beat pack that's, like, you sent this to, like, 45 people, which, like, nothing yeah. wrong with that. You got to get your hustle on. I get it. Of course, yeah. But it would be really hard to go through all those beat packs. And the crazy thing is, like, someone could be really talented, but if you don't know the person that you're sending it to, you could have sent them all the wrong beats. You could have right, had something exactly. in the stash mm -hmm. that if you had listened to maybe at least two Does or three it, of their yeah. songs, you would have been, like, this beat goes to this person and i think for broken rainbows i really really lucked out yeah. with like all the incredible producers that worked on this album with me because when they sent me beat packs it was like on point like who are some of the producers um hum beats hum beats shout he's out hum beats shout love out hum beats he um, keeps coming up yeah with i love hum beats he's yeah. incredible you were on his album i was last December. yes yep. yes so he has two songs on my album Word. um rilla force um, also has two songs, um, OG Collective, um, OG Collective, Peter Perfect, um, um, Extramentals, which is another one of my favorite producers. Um, I know I'm forgetting some people, but I think collectively I got producers that really knew me beforehand mm. or or even with like Peter Perfect. I met him um, when I did the Beat Club podcast and he was one of the producers that submitted. Mm. So I said, Oh my God, he's incredible. I said, send me some beats. But I also kind of had told him, I said, listen, I want beats that you would send like the hardest male rapper you know. Those are the beats I want. And Word. he definitely, like that. he delivered in a way that was very different. Like, that's not exactly what he sent me, but I feel like he still understood the assignment. It was mm -hmm. like, okay. this, these are records that I know what you want, but these might be a little bit different than what you would normally do, but I listened to your voice and I heard you, and I think that these are records that would fit you, and he was right. So, okay. you know, it's, it's, it's like the same thing with like Rilla. We've done, he did Drown on um, yep. Late Bloomer. Um, so he really understood me, and he really gets me. Same thing, you know, OG Collective, this is our first time working together, but they really got me as well, you know. Mm. And Hum Beats is just, he's a monster. He is. He really is. Absolute monster. And um, Extramentals as well. I love Extramentals because I could tell him, I could give him a sentence, and I'd be like, this is what I want this so beat to sound like. A sentence? Yeah. A sentence. So he did Slip, and I told him, I, I think, like, what I told him was, like, I want a song that sounds like, fuck my ex. 
And he was like, and he gave me a song that sounded like that. Wow. So, <laughs> That's so, talent right there. Yo, so for... What's the funniest thing you have said to get a beat like that? Um, with like instrumentals? Like for the sentence, yeah. yeah. okay, so it's for Broken Rainbows, and this is really explicit, I don't care. But <laughs> I said, I want a record that sounds like I'm about to fuck your brains out. Okay, okay. And he delivered. Wow. <laughs> delivered. This guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> he's incredible. I just, and he's the only producer I know that I could do that. And just be like random prompts. I'd be like, um, I want a beat that sounds like I'm rapping in the rain on a beach with like a pina colada. And he could do that. And That's it will so sound funny. exactly like that. Wow. I feel like this is something that, like, Knox would love, too, if you just gave him, like, a scene. Mm. And are you familiar? You must know Of Knox. course. Yeah, yeah. And he, to, yeah, I love producers like that, like, where someone, you just give them that, like, abstract, we were saying it, like, the Kanye thing, like, just an idea that becomes more than just, like, the music, and then someone's like, all right, that's what's happening when I play this music. People are going to get transported to this, mm-hmm. what you're, what, what you wanted. That's the concept. It's so... It's interesting how that works. I, that's like a superpower, I think, to be able oh to really God. do that. Oh my God, he's incredible. I'm just like such, and like, honestly, he's also one of the hardest rappers I've, like one of the best fitters, one of the best freestyles I've ever heard in my life. Like, he is a monster. Mm. Um, so I'm really lucky that I got to meet him and, you know, work with him before Broken Rainbows and then work with him on this because I can be annoying, which I know I can be because... Like I said, I do weird things like this isn't what I want it to sound like. This makes no sense. But I, I think like if you're not <laughs> annoying as an artist, you're not trying hard enough. Yeah. Right. You know? <laughs> like and I, I feel like I'm at least really open. Right. When producers approach me to work with me, I'm just really, really open about that fact. Yeah. I'm like, I can be difficult. Yeah. Not because I mean to be or not because I'm an asshole. Because you want to get the best product out. But I also hate everything. <laughs> I hate everything. That's so <laughs> What do you mean you hate everything? You like, gotta be I particular. Think, um, yeah, I'm really, really particular. So that's why I was really excited about Broken Rainbows because I think this is the first time in my life where I would get a beat pack and I would at least like one song. Mm. Normally, it's like I hate 99%. Yeah. Um, and it, it has nothing to do with their talent because we're talking about people that are incredibly talented, amazing beats. I would hear beats and I would tell them, I can't hear myself on this, but you know who I could? This rapper right here, and I'd be like, yo, I'm going to connect you with them because I heard your song and I heard them. So it, was, it wasn't their talent or anything. I'm just, like, supremely picky. Right. <laughs> That's a good way to be, though. Yeah, you don't want to just have, like, any old beat that, like, maybe afterwards you you're never, like, hey, like, I probably didn't need that. I feel like as an artist, right. you can never just, like, go with the flow. You got to You got to no. just be giving your input at every second, like... You know, I think that's why turn. features are also hard for me. It's hard to get a feature from me sometimes because yeah. of that. And I'll be like, it's, it's not that the record's bad at all, but it's just like, I don't, I, no. You could, get, <laughs> you could get a feature from any New England artist that you haven't worked with yet. Who would it be? Oh, my God. It's <laughs> a tough question. That is a tough question. <laughs> Jack with the stumpers. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, I definitely would love to do a record with Millie's. Millie's, there you so go. So funny. That's what I thought you were gonna say. I really? don't know why. Yeah, my, I did not right, expect that. Honestly, popped in my head I did right not away. That. My psychic. I think that me and Millie's would do a crazy record. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I think so. Millie's. I know. Do you I was watch like, this? Someone help Here me. We go. 
plug me in. And I've actually never met him either. Um, I shouted him out on model though. Oh really? Yeah, I said um, what did I say? Justin Blanco on Millie's. There we um, go. <laughs> you gotta just send him that a clip. Of I that know. Bar. I thought of that. I was like, you should just cut this one yeah, part on Instagram and just him. send it. Like, I love you though, and I I do. I genuinely like love his music. I think that he's just like an yeah. incredible rapper and just like. Also, like, uh, duh, you plugged in with Jada Kiss? Like, right. one of the goats? Exactly. Like, you have to go hard. Yeah. He, <laughs> Millie's been has been going world. hard. He's, he's been like... Yo, he's been putting day, out some every fire day. records. It's like every year he drops a, a fire album. Like, every yeah. year. Like, the consistency <laughs> is, like, insane. The consistency I, in videos. Like, every every time you go on Instagram, he's dropping a new video. Yeah, oh, yeah. he's out somewhere. He's yeah. traveling. He's somewhere. He was like, at Benny the Butcher's birthday party yesterday. Like, he's oh, it's, it's just like... God, also, yeah. like someone else, I love Benny the Butcher. I love him too. Yeah. Um, but I, I just really love people that just really—he's just another person that like really just puts on for Cambridge, puts exactly. on for Massachusetts. He's like Smoke Bulger. He never shied away from where he's right. from. Right. He's he like I'm from Cambridge, and I was like, you know, that's Cambridge is another one of those places where I'm like, I think people don't realize how rough some parts of Cambridge are. Well, people, a lot people of people give Millie, a lot of people give Millie shit. They're like, oh, you're from Cambridge, you can't be that. I was hard. like, you like, don't know people from Cambridge. Know. Then I have one yeah. of my exes was from Cambridge, and. Whoa! Yeah. I People think because Harvard is there, right? I think that's what yeah. it is. But I feel like it was one of those things. Like maybe I didn't even. I would be one of those people that were like, "Ha ha! You're from Cambridge. Shut yeah, up. Yeah, All yeah. right. <laughs> like you're not from like Roxbury, Dorchester, Mattapan. Like shut yeah. up. No. But a lot of people when I dated Millie's, someone like... from Cambridge and he brought me like around these different, I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "This is no joke out here. Like it's crazy in Cambridge." Yeah. Who would know, who would have known that? <laughs> no, I know. A lot of people questioned Millie's when he first came out and were like, how I can, was like, no, I how believe can you be it. this hard from Cambridge? I like, believe no. it. Yeah. Scary place out there. Yeah. Scary. MIT kids he are did, awesome. Uh, <laughs> Millie's Yeah, right. In their own way. <laughs> they are. Uh Millie's also he did recently that thing with uh China Mac Mac Eats. Mm-hmm. And they, they went into Cambridge and just like they explored like the Haitian culture there and all the mm-hmm. Haitian food and everything. Like a lot of people don't realize there's that much culture in Cambridge. Yeah, mm. absolutely. You know, shout out to everybody from Cambridge. Yes. Yeah. And it's not Boston. No, because they also yeah. get mad if you say yeah. they're from no, Boston. No, they're their own thing. Like that's like the yeah. worst thing to say. They'll be. They're like absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's right next to it, but it's not the same. Right, thing. but it's, it's like close. also it's like, we're separated by like, like the Charles. Yeah, it's like, like New York City. <laughs> it's like New York City and Jersey City. Like they're separated by water, but they're. It's like we're, we're neighbors, but yeah. yeah, it's different. But they are the same place. Somebody just told me that. I just what? got a call that they're the same place. <laughs> <laughs> Someone just told me so, man. You're causing some controversy again. Yeah, I don't know. Ah, no, they are. They're the same place. <laughs> oh, <damn. laughs> Oh man, that's like saying Worcester and Boston is the same place. Like, no, because those are not even next to each other. That's like an hour away. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you look at, I don't know, prices of houses in Worcester versus in Boston, they're at least far different that way. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I, I wanted to. What? It's like half the price out in Worcester. I want to move, but it's like really? an hour away. Yeah, and, and I have a lot go. of friends that have bought houses in Worcester. Yeah. Joiner Lucas bought the biggest house in Worcester. Did he? he? Oh, he I, bought a mansion there. Yeah, I saw him put the eyes on the picture, but yep. I didn't know if he actually. No, he did bought it. it. Yeah, good for him. Good for yeah, him. <laughs> good for him. That's always been my dream. It's like if I'm a rapper, like you know, and I make it out on the national stage, that yeah. I still live in Massachusetts. You get like Tom Brady's house in Brookline or something. I don't know about that because <laughs> I'm I'm notoriously cheap. 
okay. and mansions creep me out. Honestly, I agree. I would never live in a mansion. Space. I would it never is. live in a mansion. No, I would, feel I, uncomfortable. I would never. Possibly without a big family. Like yeah, unless you have like twelve like kids. Like, why do you need? Or have multiple generations in the house, which is that's like, that could happen too. too. I mean, also like. I would have probably like a two bedroom condo in Boston, and you really do have to be rich to buy a two bedroom condo oh, in yeah. Boston. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's basically a mansion it's in most yes, other right. places. <laughs> so. It's like not even a knock on Worcester's real estate to say that it's half the price because that's like normal prices. Normal <laughs> prices. Like, right. Boston, that's like, Boston, this is what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And you're just like, you know, the I used to live in this house that was like in Dorchester that was like run, damn, like mm. slumlord, like that. No, like 3500 a right. month. And the yeah. house, oh, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was so ridiculous. But the house was just in terrible shape, and it just sold for almost a million. Yeah, that, that is happens. crazy. I had a, a college apartment just everything, like that. It was everything's so bad. a million now. It's like everything, but it's like for this. Yeah. But I mean, to be fair, the person that ended up buying it before they sold it, they did do some work on it, so it doesn't look the same. But I was like, still, I was like a million dollars. I was like, I've lived there. I lived in that neighborhood. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I don't think anything. Should be a million. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, this is ridiculous. Well, <laughs> especially when you're like sitting in the house and you're just like, this is worth a million dollars? Like, it feels strange. Right. Like, I don't know, like, <laughs> yeah. these floors are million dollar floors. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Right. Like, this isn't big enough to be a million dollars. It's crazy. A million dollars isn't what it used to be. No, it's actually, yeah, it's like 100K now. Yeah, it's like what 100K seriously. was in 1990. <laughs> Honestly, when you think of some of the people that brought houses like in late 80s, um, early 90s in Boston and they spent like $90,000 like to now be like you're if you still have that house you are a millionaire mm. yeah my that's insane I think my grandparents they sold a house a triple decker in Dorchester for like eight grand and like and like <laughs> now they don't have it and <laughs> for eight grand. seriously and they live in Weymouth now and I was like could have had you just sort of hold on held on to it yeah it yeah. Was like, it would be worth a little more than eight grand now. yeah it would be worth a lot more add like two more zeros on that at least yeah, at least <laughs> oh my god wow. i think i looked up the house and it's yeah it's like a million and a half i think they count them as like 500 a unit now yeah. your grandparents fumbled the bag Let's Big just, time. they Big fumbled time. the bag you know my grandparents did the same thing they sold their house like maybe 15 years ago or so 20 years ago and like moved to georgia and i was just like yeah, yeah. yeah. i was like you should have stayed a little bit yeah. longer <laughs> it would be worth it oh well uh, yeah it's so fun i mean how could you expect it though because like no. you never think like right now it feels like how can houses get any more expensive and then like maybe they just will and it'll feel crazy to not have bought one now. You know, it's like a weird. I don't. It's, it's so either strange. they're gonna get more expensive or it's going to be like a bubble, and That's, then yeah, part, which everyone's part? house is gonna be worthless. Fingers crossed. <laughs> I haven't yep. bought one yet. I also I was yeah. like, sorry for everyone that owns a home in Boston. I, yeah. I don't want you to lose all your money, but I, I also would, would like to buy a house in Boston. Yeah. So I'm just kind of like waiting for the crash. It's like, bring it down. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god. I'm swooping in. Yeah, it'd be so great to live in the city. That would I mean, be nice. Yeah, if money was no object, it's like one of those nice garages, a nice elevator. Like, I want to go elevator. somewhere. Look at you yeah. go. And I lived in a building like that in um, Jamaica Plain before I moved um, out to New End. So it mm. had, like, the garage and everything. And I was just like, 
this is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like you don't have to shovel and stuff. Like, the oh non-shoveling was Ooh, like... That's big. I went from the South End to Jamaica Plain on top of that. So yeah. I went from like having Hardcore people fist fighting yeah. over parking spots, yeah. especially in snow. Yeah. Like people oh, fist fighting. Real out there. Oh, no. Like tire slash. Um, I had a neighbor come <laughs> outside with a shotgun lay, one time. Lay on the horn like over a parking like spot. spot. Yeah. <laughs> I almost got beat up over a parking spot one time because they thought that I moved their marker, but I didn't. What? Someone else had parked in their spot and moved the marker. So when I came, there was nothing in it. So I parked, and they came out like, oh, my God. I was like, no, I, I didn't move it. It was already moved. I don't think they wow. really believed me, but they were ready to fight. And I was like, I can't. I was like, we live across the street from each other. Oh my we are God. not fighting over this spot. So going from that to, like, a garage, I was like, yeah. this is heaven. That's crazy. This is heaven. <laughs> I know. I, You know, million-dollar idea. We're going to build some more garages in Boston. Some oh, more... the garages in, when I lived in the South Bend the, for a parking spot was almost the price of a house. Really? Yeah. What? There would be like, I you thought... could buy a parking spot like in Back Bay, but it would be like a couple hundred thousand. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Wait, to like buy outright the spot? Yeah, so you own the spot. Oh, okay, because I know you can like rent the spots. No, like... you can rent the spot, and the rent is also like a mortgage. Yeah, it's like 400 a month, right? It, like... It's like even more than that. I've seen parking spots that were like 1500 a month, $1,000 a month. Oh, my God. Um. And I had to, when I lived in JP, I did have to pay for my spot, but it was only like $100 a month, so I was like, okay, whatever, I'll do that. But, yeah, um, like no, but heard. I've seen parking spots in Back Bay go for like 150000 200000 Wow. And you just own it. But then I'm like, is that even close to your house, though? Because it'll be is like that worth in it? a garage. So then it's like you just park your car, and then what, you still have to walk like five blocks? Yeah, uh, no. yeah. Like, what's the point crazy. of that? <laughs> yeah, I know some people who live in the North End, and they have a pass to the garage, and I, I don't know what it is per month, but I... I mean, it's yeah. probably insane. Like it's like that's how bad Boston is. I'm like oh. parking spots cost as much as houses in normal places. That is I wild. think honestly something's got to give because that is crazy. Yeah, I think people something's got to give. I agree. The same amount for like <laughs> all these years and things are just like more and more, yeah. more expensive. It's not like we're getting paid that much Can more. Like, <laughs> right, like, yeah. but yeah. it's like you know, it's it's the gentrification. It's like pushing out the regular people, right. the middle yeah. class people, the lower middle class people to bring in you know really rich single people because a lot mm. of the you know buildings that are going up some of them have three bedrooms but a lot of them are studio to two bedrooms so the building that i lived in i think like the biggest apartment was like a three bedroom maybe Damn. but like it was definitely geared towards like young like professionals with way more money than me yeah <laughs> yeah it's so funny which is yeah. crazy because it's not like there's like a ton of young professionals with a shit ton of money like yeah. I don't know. There's a there's quite a few in Boston, I guess. But yeah, a lot of parents probably footing the bill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's that. Please too. move out. There's definitely that too. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Especially you know with all the colleges and things. There's definitely a lot of that. Like you mm -hmm. know, rich parents are like, oh, you know, get out of my house. I'm gonna send you to right. So they can tell you know, people that be their kids or something. live in this nice area, but really they're paying for it. You know what I would like to see if Boston housing became affordable, so that everyone could have a little more money to put towards their artistry and building and like gear and stuff like that home <laughs> studios like it just seems like if you're spending all your money on rent how could you possibly like invest back into yourself and like marketing and all that stuff that could be part of why we haven't popped as a city <laughs> that could, honestly, so 
Yeah. Honestly, that could be part of it. Because <laughs> I mean, could it could be too. Because I, you know, I know a lot of amazing people that have left. Yeah. And it's like I can't blame you. Like it's ridiculous. Like even living in Newton now, my apartment in Newton is cheaper oh, yeah. than what I would have got in Boston. Really? Like, and Newton's insane. nice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like how insane is that? Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, that is. Well, someday I think we'll figure it out. It's gonna balance up, but. It is pretty crazy right now because I've been so patient trying to get a house. So I have too. Forever. I'm like, I just yeah. want to buy a house, and I'm just like, yeah, not at, no, not at these prices. Yeah. <laughs> it's craziness. Yeah, That's what it is. But oh, I'm sorry. Let's before I know we'll let you go soon. But I want to know. <laughs> I'm having an amazing time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good. Or stay all Glad. night. Perfect Glad. until the cameras die. <laughs> um, we. I did want to know, is can we get Brandy Blaze merch anywhere? Yes, so we're going to be launching brandyblaze.com. Um, it's not December yet. I'm like, oh, my God, it's the 30th, right? Wait, is it? <laughs> it's I, about I was to actually... be December in two hours. Yes, so oh, okay. in December, before the show, we're launching brandyblaze.com. And, you know, we'll have the typical merch, you know, T-shirts, things like that. But also, I have something really special coming out. That I don't think anyone else here has done. So I'm very excited about Women. that. Wait, like merch wise? Yes. What is oh. it? Baby onesies? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm here for all the ideas. No. <laughs> I always suggest baby onesies because like, everyone's having babies right now. So I'll just throw them a onesie. You know, just like a little hint, it does have to do with my logo. Lipstick. I, I guessed it, didn't I? You did. <laughs> oh. Hey. So. Is it your own special blend? Like, do you, how does, yes, how does so this work? Are we allowed to talk about it? Is it Not secret? too much, but right. yes. I'm but sorry I guessed it. No, it's fine. Because <laughs> um, everyone's going to find out anyway. Yeah. Um. <laughs> this will come out in like several weeks, so I don't know yeah. when you plan on dropping this. Um, but yeah, so I decided to start going into makeup. So just starting with the lipstick and, you know, I picked the colors picked everything to go with it um and i'm really excited about it that's like, awesome that is exciting you know trying to branch out and do you know new things so i hope that i can you know grow it from just lipstick to you know um eyeshadow you yeah. know liners and then you know my big dream is to be able to eventually do foundation which is like really really hard okay um oh so they're different like whatever the material that foundation is is harder to yeah because people or? there's so many different skin tones people have so many different oh, skin right, tones yeah. and mm. i think especially for women of color it could be really hard for us to find matches that work for us um so that's really like my big goal is to get to that point where i could have a full you could do a full face with mm, just awesome. brandy blaze makeup wow that would be cool that is incredible <laughs> are there any other rappers that have their own makeup line is that I don't well I'm sure somebody does but at least not here I I don't know anyone maybe like Nicki Minaj or Cardi B does but I have no idea (laughs) all I could think about was like the Kylie lip kit Uh, doesn't like Kylie Jenner have (laughs) a lip kit she's not a rapper Oh, I know. No, sorry, I didn't mean rapper. I was just thinking no, like I celebrity. I mean, yeah. when I think of like you know celebrities, I think of you know Rihanna. Yeah. With Fenty, which is okay, like so she has incredible. Um, okay. yeah. I think that was definitely like a big inspiration, but also you know, I just want to do things that are more um, inclusive. So you know, different products that could work for different people. So you know, I I'm really just trying to figure out what that means for me. So you know, starting with 
the makeup but then you know i want to branch out more into you know plus size clothing things like that mm. like there's all of these communities that are so underserved and it's just like and get ignored by like you know makeup industry like is historically really ignored women of color mm-hmm. and you know it's hard for us to find shades and makeups and things that work for us it's gotten better but it's still mm. a long way to go i think this the same thing with clothes for like plus size people like now it's better but you know there's a time where it was just like all plus size clothes where it was like clothes for like grandmas mm. like sweats mm. and like sweaters with those bat wing weird fucking sweaters that's not right and that was like all you could get but i'm like there's a whole community of like fly plus size women that like you know want the clothes i'm like Mm. do y'all want to make money or not because (laughs) i mean yeah it makes sense there's people who wear them i mean yeah i don't know that's awesome that's awesome that you're that you're kind of taking that initiative to yeah yeah, I think that make some changes in that department. I think it connects to my music too, because that's just like who I am as an artist as well. Yeah, like, absolutely. You know, um, just having a different viewpoint from a different, you know, perspective that maybe isn't what's normally seen in rap. It's traditional, but you know, right? But it, it needs to be, you know, it needs to be addressed. Obviously. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, that's why I'm I'm here for it. Like, let's go. Let's <laughs> go. That's awesome. So musician and you're you're also just kind of i mean you do a lot of things obviously yeah so that yeah model actor dancer, model act- <laughs> choreographer director you're really doing it all i really think about when i think about my career i like to think about what do i want to do besides music right because obviously you know being I still have a day job, but, you know, my goal is not to have one. So, <laughs> Same. Um, as all of our goals, right? Yeah. So, but, you know, I, I love my day job because I get to work with the community, and that's what I'm passionate about. So, at least, you know, I'm lucky enough that I'm, I'm able to do something that I'm passionate about. But um, my goal has always been, you know, I think especially the last maybe, like, year or two, couple, last couple of years, I've really started thinking about what am I going to do outside of music? Um, music is, like, such, like, a fickle thing, like it's you hot today you could be cold tomorrow yeah um and i think you know we're still i think we're getting better about people's ages in hip-hop as well i agree we've talked about this we're now starting to get better where people are popping in their 30s people are signing major deals in their 40s he's 35 and he just is starting that's exactly so it's like we're just we're getting so much better about age I agree. But we're, I think we're caring still... less about age, which yes. is what we should have done. Which is like, who <laughs> should care? Like, I think it's someone. Like, why did yeah. we ever give a shit what someone's right. age? I is. think like someone like made the example like the Rolling Stones could go on tour. They like ninety nine years old. <laughs> yeah. They could go on tour right now. Put out an album right now. People is going to go off for it. People yeah. are going to yeah. be excited. And this is and like, like a lot of the big rappers are like pushing fifty or sixty. Right. Now, like shout out to Jay Z, who's J- like, like Jay and who's Dre like what fifty now, and like they're all around fifty now. But Jay-Z can still drop an album. It's an event. Yes, yeah. absolutely. People want to hear Jay-Z. I want another Jay-Z album, yes. personally. I'm like, give it to me. I they were 50, but yeah, that's interesting. Jay's got to be 50. Yeah, now, he's at least. at least 50. So yeah. it's like, this is like the first time where we have like the legacy acts mm. where people are in their 50s and still can draw and drop an album and sell out an arena. Mm-hmm. And all, we've never had that in rap before. So right. it's really a natural progression that now people can get their start later. Yeah. Um, like I said, there's rappers sell, signing major deals at 40. 
Griselda, like, those dudes the Griselda, are like 40, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah. Like, Benny yeah. the Butcher's almost 40. Like, yeah. that's incredible. That's what you want because it's like not everything has to be youth, so youth-driven. Yeah. Like, it's a good thing, but also there's... You're not like put out to pasture at well, 32. Yeah, like it's right. ridiculous. Right, Experience just because you didn't make it at 32, that means that doesn't you're mean done. it's not gonna happen, right? Exactly. right. Yeah. But you know, like I said, rap could be fickle. So I always was just like, what can I do outside of music that will allow me to live the life I want to live, be able to take care of my family, right? But still feels true to me and who I am. Love that. I feel like you've hit the nail on the head. <laughs> You're definitely doing a lot. You're doing everything. You're doing everything that you want to do. It seems like, which is is key. I'm very blessed. Yeah. Incredibly blessed. I'm doing things that I never thought I would do. Yeah. Um, you know, when you guys saw me at Maggie's, none of these things that I'm doing right now are, were a thought to me. Wow. None of it. I was just more concerned about booking shows, honestly. Yeah. And <laughs> that was really my concern. Like, I just wanted people to hear me rap. <laughs> Yeah, because and that I was the first step. Else. If you didn't get those people, if you didn't get people to hear you rap, like Owen and I and yeah. anyone else who was at those yep. shows, that that's what built your foundation. Absolutely. So you know, I I'm just really blessed and grateful that you know my career has taken this trajectory where I could do, I have the opportunity to do these things that I never thought I would do, um, or just be able to, you know, have my mind open to different ideas and opportunities that I wouldn't have thought of. Mm. You know, and it's not a thing of where I'm like, you know, let me turn this down because I don't think I can do it or I don't think I have the capacity. I'm at the point now where I'm like, I'll try. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but I'll at least try. There you go. You got to at least try. You know, of never know. I could be end up being a Broadway star instead of a rapper, <laughs> which I yeah, will take. You could. This is why I'm trying I to get in on the musical. <laughs> I, will see. I, will see. I will take that all day. Listen. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Well, we're extremely happy for you and, um, you know, just happy to see everything you're accomplishing right now. Oh, after, man, thank you. After all these years. Like I said, we, we saw something in you in those, yeah, at those we shows. discovered like, we, Brandy No, Blades. that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying we saw something in you in those early shows. We, you, you're a natural born entertainer, performer. Like that, thank you. That we definitely saw. And now to see you you know, making all these other dreams a reality and, and really taking off with the music thing. It's it's awesome for us to see. And we, oh, man. We were so happy to have you on this podcast, and it was a Thank great time. Thank you, guys. I, I had an amazing time. Thank you guys again for everything you do, and y'all definitely keep me humble. Y'all really do, because I'm like, y'all knew me when it was six people at the show. Yeah. <laughs> we were two of them, probably. We were here yeah. <laughs> we were two you of them. Bet, y'all we met me when y'all were, you, you guys were a third of the crowd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good times. Still Those were great times. <laughs> uh, but we got BrandyBlaze.com. BrandyBlaze on all social media. Absolutely. Is there no underscores? Just BrandyBlaze? Nope. Just at BrandyBlaze. And Brandy with an I-E. Yes. yes. Please gotcha. spell my name right. I yes. don't know who you'll find. No, there's a there's like a weed model also named Brandy Blaze. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Not to, be <laughs> not, yeah. Not to be confused with the weed model. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, because that's definitely not me. <laughs> uh. Brandy Blaze, episode 105, correct? Yes. I think so, yeah. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Love you guys. We love you. Ew.